If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. And I'm Halls Burkhart, buddy. I'm real excited about this this episode. I think, though, this might be one of the most niche, niche episodes we've done so far. <laughs> and well, it's a it's an episode we've been talking about doing with a guest we've been talking about having for a little while now. And I was like, damn, it's been a long week kind of exhausted from staying up till 2 a.m. laughing at memes. I need a real smart motherfucker on the episode that can carry my ass around. So, we have our buddy from the Sith list. We went on a we went on a, we went on a quest, Steve. A king quest, a king's quest if you will. Wink. It's our buddy King Tom Chansky. Wow, yeah. I I am Honored by that that introduction. Thank you, Haas and Steve, for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here. You know, I, I I love the podcast. Love how you guys approach video games, but especially with what the topic of this episode is, I'm very excited to be here. Well, Steve. Now, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but um, King Tom, his parents, right? Like they were fans of these games, and his actual given name is King Graham. Is, is King is King. Graham Tom Chansky. Right. I yeah, I, I had to change it because, you know, they call me stupid things like Graham Cracker and things like that. <laughs> oh, so I took well, out yeah. The Graham. Um, yeah, and I also heard that Ken and Roberta Williams came to your parents' house and were like, you want to get sued by the darlings of of graphic adventure <laughs> games? <laughs> That's ex- How did you know? Well, you told me. We've been friends for a while. my stories for this episode. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to be talking about Sierra, which was a monolith PC gaming developer in the early years of PC gaming. Um, I think a lot of our conversation is probably going to center around what I consider to be the three big franchises, which is King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest, and I'm sure we'll also talk a little Leisure Suit Larry. The game that <laughs> your parents gotta, gotta mention that one. Yep. The game that your parents would stay up late at night typing on that fucking Tandy five thousand talking about. Take take out a boo. <laughs> stay in your room. Yeah. Don't come out of your room. So that's what we're gonna be talking about, and I'm so excited because some of my earliest gaming memories, like sort of hand in hand with 
when I was discovering the Nintendo came from playing these graphic adventure games on my dad's Tandy computer. So, I think there's a lot of fun stuff to uh, talk about. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> where do we want to start? Like, I feel like maybe we should start, because there is a, there's a history of Sierra pre-King's Quest um, that I don't have much experience or knowledge about. Um, so, unless you got something you want to throw in, King Tom or Steve, maybe we start at King's Quest. Yeah, that's what I was. I was just thinking about like doing our first kind of memories of these games, you know. Well, let's kick it. Uh, that. Like, I think that's perfect. Way better idea. You go first. Okay, so like for me, you know, growing up, I had a, my father was in the Navy and moved around a lot. But I remember um, one of the places when we had started to settle down, one of his buddies he worked with was kind of into video games. And we would go hang out over there and he and my dad would sit around and drink beer and he'd let me play on his computer uh and i would play king's quest he had king's quest on the computer and i was terrible at it but man it was fun walking that silly little guy back and forth from all those different <laughs> screens trying to figure out what to pick up and how the hell i was going to use it yeah so explain because you know the my introduction to sierra games right were the the format that the first few were in and then they they changed uh present state presentation the the user interface and shit later on with some of the later entries but yeah when you know the first memories i have are these heavily text-based games right it wasn't a text adventure like zork or something it was graphical like zork yeah mm -hmm. And you had, you know, control of the main character, but you would basically go from screen to screen and then you would hit a button that would bring up a typing prompt and you would type in your command, right? So you would be like, pick or up... Or you just start typing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Pick up stone. Uh, throw stone. You know what I mean? And it it's a puzzle. Like, in the thing is, is when you're a kid, once you figure out how to beat a Sierra game, whew, you'll tear through that thing real quick. <laughs> Um, but it's not easy. It, it, no. it, it, and this is way, way before the internet. You, I don't even know how you would get hints. I think you had to call like a special uh, phone line. Isn't that right? Like mm -hmm. they had a Sierra hint line well, that you and, could call. Dude. So they, do you guys remember getting a Sierra game in a box and it would have the catalog of other Sierra oh, games? Yeah. And it would have an order form for Sierra hint guides. You want to talk about something I wanted so bad were those Sierra hint guides. Never got one, but boy, did I want I got, them. I got a few. Oh, do you still have them? Because those things are cool. Oh, they you, were... you, you still have them? That's awesome. No, I, I don't. Oh, I got okay. them for, for Space Quest 2. I think I ordered in the mail, and then four I saw in a store. I gotcha. Where did you, where did you play them for the first time, King Tom? Okay, so... It's a, it's a little bit – so growing up, uh, my mother always worked, and I only remembered this recently because my I, – I was thinking total wrong track. But so my mother paid this woman to babysit me after school, and she had three daughters, and the father worked like on the other side of New York City, so I never saw him. But then a few years later, my stepfather took my mother on vacation, and they were always going on vacations without me. And um, 
she asked the woman who babysat me if she wouldn't mind watching me for the week. And the woman was like, yeah. And so I finally met the father and talking with him at dinner, he said he worked at IBM. I'm like, is that the company that makes computers? And his daughters had never shown an interest in like what he did. So he took me downstairs and he showed me he had just, he was an engineer who worked on the IBM PC junior, which they expect sounding better and better as I, you're going. It's like I know. a movie. <laughs> They they expected it to be like some this massive hit because you know the PC was the the PC and the junior was a little bit more you know friendlier to use and it it, it had four colors as opposed to two and everything but it, it just never took off but he had one at home and he was showing me about it and he said you know you can also use this to play games and he pulled up King's Quest the first one and I think it was like maybe right around when it first came out and he like so i was try- i kept on always falling in the water mm. <laughs> and you know that then th- after that week you know never never touched the game again then a few years later i was down visiting my grandparents um and my grandfather had a computer and he had this box of floppy disks that were like all copied from someone else and I would put the floppy disks in and see what game was on play. But then uh, one of the games that was in there was Space Quest 1. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to realize, oh, yeah, this works just like that King game I played all those years back. And I liked it a lot better because it was kind of like Star Wars, kind of like Star Trek. And, you know, I, I, I made my way through it and didn't beat it. I don't think I, you know, I made it to the cantina. Um, and then you have to enter the copy protection, and he didn't have the copy protection. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, after that, I like, you know, I got Space Quest Two, got Space Quest Three, played Police Quest and Thexter, and kind of got into them that way. Yeah, nice, nice. That's really cool. I uh, we'll get into it, but I liked Space Quest better myself as well, and a lot of that was because of the humor of it more so. Like, it didn't take itself very seriously and i love that about that game right yeah and <clears throat> so my first sierra game was space quest 2 that was my very first one um and it's to this day one of my favorites even though i think like within the franchise it's not considered one of the better ones but i have a lot of nostalgia through it for it because it's the first one i played it's the first one i beat so my mm-hmm. uncle when i was growing up managed a radio shack in the 80s when radio shack motherfucking meant something you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he would get pretty much any new game that he could play on his computer so he had a ton of sierra games he had ultima games um uh other stuff i just remember ultima and sierra games uh and then when my dad got his tandy computer my uncle would occasionally let him borrow a game. And the first one that he borrowed that we played together was Space Quest 2. And so every night, like before bed, me and my dad would dick around on Space Quest 2 a little bit. And somehow, like every night, if we couldn't figure out how to progress, the next day, my dad would know how to do it, like immediately. And I was like, how? How do you? You didn't know this last night. How do you know it now? And he, he would tell me, I had a dream about space quest two. And I saw the answer in my dream and I just believed him. I'm a little kid, right? Years later, I find out that after I went to bed, my dad would call my uncle Dennis and be like, Hey, how do you get past this 
fucking part on Space <laughs> Quest 2. <laughs> so now, and people wonder why I like to fuck with people a little bit. I get it from my dad. The OG Richard Burkhart. That's awesome. That's awesome. Totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I, my father even got into them at a certain point. They noticed how much I loved those games. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, because the first time he showed it to me, I just sat there for I probably like three hours passed without a blink of an eye for mm-hmm. me as a kid. And, uh, you know, I think my dad even got into the idea of it being a puzzle. Because I remember when we got Space Quest, like, that's the only reason I got through that game was because he really got into it and was able to figure it out because my father was pretty smart. And I don't know how he figured that stuff out, though, really. Do you have an uncle but, he could have been calling at night? No, no, not not at all. Now, with that said, there's a possibility maybe they were calling the hit line when I was going oh, to bed. That's funny if that's the case. <laughs> if it could be. I didn't have the, the wherewithal to check the phone records at that age, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you. But. Why, is our, why is our phone bill $119? <laughs> I'm sitting there with, like, glasses on uh-huh. the table, like, looking over the bills, like, Mom! <laughs> yeah. Highlighting stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, that was how the hint books worked. Oh, really? It gave you – yeah, so there, the pages would have the question and then a blank space underneath it. And, well, e- so e- under each question would be like three boxes. And you, w- you would go to the question that you needed help with, and you would use the highlighter, and it was like a magic ink thing. Oh. And you would highlight the first box, oh, and it would, it would be vi- very vague. And then the next box would be have a little bit more detail, and then the third box would be like, okay, you're an idiot. Here's exactly what right, to do. Here's, right. So was that like Magic Ink, kind of like those books you can buy in a Stuckies on the side of the road where you like <laughs> it, it comes with a little marker? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yes. I know what you're talking yes. about. <laughs> yeah. I think they That's might awesome. have at one point switched to like the Transformers the tech specs thing with like the red clear plastic that you hold over. It was mostly yes. the highlighters. So that that right there, when you were mentioning the copy protection, like that was always mm-hmm. the fucking risk you ran if you dealt in bootleg games in this time. And yep. everybody did. One person would buy Space Quest 3, and it was like the song that launched a thousand ships. How many fucking doubles <laughs> of that would be made, right? It was like it was like password sharing for Netflix back in the day. Or yes, something like it, that. Was. it was. I, I had a... I had a friend at school, he had a legit copy, but hated the game. So he told me, that, what was it, Sector HH for Space Quest. Oh, nice. When you get when you get to the canteen, you, or, you know, once you're on the planet, you have to tell them what, what sector you're going to. And it was HH, I think. Ah. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, and, and then talking about those red lenses, I remember, like, some of the copy protection in these games was you would have a manual... And you open it up, and the page is just indecipherable red markings. And you would, mm-hmm. at a certain point in the game, you would have to take that manual and your little um, red lens and run it over the page to find whatever answer it was to get into the game. Or oh, the, well, also like King in King's Quest Three, you could not beat King's Quest Three unless you had the manual as well. Right, there was too I, much too much shit in the manual like the spells you had to cast and, and the, the potions and, and all that shit. Stuff, yep. the stuff you had the, the phrasing you had to use mm-hmm. no way you're doing that without the manual no way so it was almost its own copy protection um so like uh and you would have friends that would might like uh photocopy 
the manual or whatever. If you had someone that was real yep. fancy in their bootlegging, but that didn't always help. They'd go, <laughs> they'd go to the library. And yeah. do you guys remember the copy protection for Police Quest 2? It's at the very beginning of the game, and they describe a criminal to you, and you have to find their mugshot in the manual and enter their name. Wow. I don't, no, I don't remember that. I yeah. don't remember that either, but I don't, I, don't I, think I, I certainly too. believe you. And I knew like two or the three, two or three of the guys' names. So I would just reload the game over and over and over until I got one of the guys who I knew their name and was like, aha, I can finally play clean Kings or a fucking police quest too. <clears throat> so, um, like we were talking about Kings quest kind of kicks off what I consider to be the classic Sierra era of, um, games. So King's Quest right. is a franchise. We'll kind of hit that, and then we'll move to Space Quest, so on and so forth. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Now, di didn't in my tiny, tiny little bit of research, I think this game uh, originally came out on the Apple first. The Apple II, I believe. I think, no, yeah, I, which... I think it was the PC first. Oh, okay. It's poss it possibly. I think it came to the PC in like 87. At least that that's what the Wikipedia said. I could have it reversed, but uh, I can't PC remember Junior the year. In 84. There you go. Okay. King's that's right. Yeah. You, you, would, you definitely have the good memory for that. So I just looked up uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a mess. It is yeah. a mess. Wiki Somebody should put a little TLC on the Sierra Online Wikipedia because this shit is dirt yeah. nasty. Can I donate a dollar? Yeah, for real. You guys always ask me. I always throw you a couple of bucks because you keep me company late at night when I can't sleep. And I'm researching Antigua. Okay. Um, so King's Quest, right, uh, is for like I'm a guy that loves sequels. And the fact that there was seemingly always a new King's Quest uh, around the corner and the fact that like they played off of each other was really cool to me. So, like, the story of King's Quest from, you know, one to Mask of, Mask of Eternity from 1998 <laughs> is a continuous story. Same thing with Space Quest and so on and so forth. Um, so the first King's Quest game I ever played, looking at the list, because eventually in, like, the mid to late 90s, I got a King's Quest collection on CD-ROM that just had, I think, the first six or seven of the games. And I finally went through and replayed them all, but I think the first one I ever played was two. King's Quest II, mm -hmm. Romancing the Throne. Um, and so, like, the whole conceit behind the King's Quest series, it starts off, you play as this knight who is trying to uh, become a king by finding three items. There's three special items he's got to find, right? I can't remember what they are. Um, one of them involves like uh, a dragon. There's like a dragon laying on a big pile of gold and you've got a couple of different options. Something that's interesting about the first King's Quest is there's a score system, right? So up in the corner of your right corner of your screen, you get a score. To get the best score uh, at the end of King's Quest 1, you have to go on basically a pacifist playthrough where you don't kill the dragon. You toss water in his face and it extinguishes his fucking dragon breath and he can run in there and get the item. Um, 
but then uh what i think and i'll see what you guys think like the the two best examples of this form of a sierra adventure game where you have to type in all the commands uh one of them is king's quest three um because it's also oh, yeah. after that one is when they change the format but man king's quest three is really cool but it is very hard and very complicated like steve kind of uh uh, alluded sure to. Is. Well, there's yeah. the, three is the one with the, the the boy, and you don't know who he is at first, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. He's yeah. just in service to like this cruel wizard. Yeah, and the the first half of the game, it's all about the time of day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that and the spells, it's it's kind of maddening. Yeah, I when mean, you're, oh. when you're playing it. It is anxiety inducing. That's a that's a feeling I remember having playing King's Quest three for the first time. I was like, this shit's making me a little anxious. <laughs> Isn't that the one where you can transform into a fly? Yes. And, and uh, then you have to go sit around. on the wall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and listen in on conversations and shit. And you have to be fucking pixel perfect on how you position yourself. Ooh. Yes. Luckily it let you save the game wherever. Because the one thing we talked about briefly before we were recording, but like if you missed a pickup early in the game that you needed later in the game, mm-hmm. oh well. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could fuck yourself in a Sierra game real easily. Like you could miss one thing or do one thing wrong and you don't realize you screwed yourself over for like another yep. hour right dang i forgot to pick up the cup off the table damn it yeah and and like we're not talking about this franchise yet but there's a moment in space quest 2 where what looks like a xenomorph from alien is coming down you at the hall and if it grabs you you think oh shit it's gonna kill me but it kisses you and then lets you go and you're like oh that's kind of funny and then it isn't till the very end of the game (laughs) where a chest burster jumps out of your chest and kills you like right before the end credits Mm -hmm. shit so so diabolical i love i love it though Mm -hmm. that's really good they got me with that the first time i beat that game too and then get the chest burster like so you know the first two king's quest games come out they're all about king graham Like the first one's him becoming king. The second one's him finding a lady to be his queen. The third one, you're this kid. We don't know who he is. Surprise, it's his kid. It's King King Graham's kid. And then it becomes like a revolving cast of family and friends that are the main characters. So like his name is Alexander, right? Mm-hmm. Graham or Alexander, not Graham. Alexander. Daventry. Daventry. Do they have a last name? I don't think so. <clears throat> Maybe is Daventry, Daventry is the land, isn't it? Yes, the yes. land of Daventry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you transition from those uh, text-based, like where you enter the text, to that new format where it becomes, you have a series of icons that represent different actions, right? Like walk, grab, look, talk, things like that. Um, Eat or lick. Yeah, all kinds of different actions. Um with King's Quest 4 and then King's Quest 5 which weirdly they did an NES port of how the fuck it was real bad and then the whole reason I'm saying this okay is because 
we get to King's Quest Six. It's circling back around to my dude Alexander from King's Quest Three. He's the main character. And the song on the end credits of King's Quest <laughs> Six is something you gotta see. <laughs> so I'm gonna share it with you guys. Okay, here we go. You should be able to see my screen and hopefully hear my screen when I kick this jam off. There's an ad. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. It's called Girl in the Tower. Oh my. So it's not playing for me. Oh, yeah, Damn. All right. Cool. Don't worry, man. Just edit this out. I've heard the song, and they actually got in trouble for it. Why did they get in trouble for it? So they had, um, like, a, a flyer within each, each within each box with mm -hmm. a list of um, radio station phone numbers. And they were like, you know, call your radio station to get this played. And then... Around this time, Sierra also launched their own online service. And I don't know how, but I don't know if they like gave people free stuff, but they would like also put out messages on that to people to call their radio stations. So radio stations got like bombarded by phone calls asking them to play this song. And wow, it, it was quite a song. It Let's is put it that way. Quite it a sure song. is something. Um, I don't think the, I've I think heard it. It's that's the best King's Quest game, I think. You think six is the best? I think so, yeah. Yeah, six is good. I had so I had a lot of uh fondness for five because five is the first time they let you play as uh Graham again. Like you don't play as him in three or four, and then five is the one where they bring him back. And uh right. but in reality, not a great game. Not a great game. Um and then seven looks gorgeous it's it's more like at a certain t point in sierra history they start doing these adventure games that look kind of like knockoff disney or don bluth movies right mm -hmm. uh and it's it's real it's a very beautiful game especially at the time but mm -hmm. also not a great one and then unfortunately the last entry in the king's quest series was called king's quest mask of eternity where they tried to turn it into a action RPG with a 3D engine. It is awful. And I was so excited for it. I'm talking about real excited. Saved up money, bought it the day it came out. Went to Kmart and was like, you guys got the new King's Quest game? And they were like, I don't know, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Get it home and installed it and it was awful 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 and that was the I last think i ever played that one yeah it's real bad um it is the last one in the mainline series and then in 2015 um a, a studio by the name of the odd gentleman brought king's quest back sort of like a um a reboot or reimagining of it and it's pretty good it is definitely in the style of like the telltale walking dead games and stuff but it's king's quest um and it was pretty good i wish it had been more successful so maybe they would uh do the same with the next thing we're going to talk about space quest yes 
Good old Roger Wilco. My man, Roger Wilco, who you guys may remember, I drafted on my team for video right. game oh, characters. Yeah. You did it. You did it to get that crucial King Tom vote. You knew it, too. As, as soon as we hit Stump stop record, it. as soon as we hit stop record, he was like, you're trying to get that King Tom vote with that uh, Roger Wilco <laughs> draft. And I was it like, worked. you goddamn right I am. <laughs> All I need to know is that I can secure one vote. If I can go to bed knowing I got one vote in my brain, in my mind, I can sleep well. It worked. You slept well that night. So, we've talked a little bit about Space Quest and Space Quest 1 and Space Quest 2. Um, the conceit behind this game series is that you are a space janitor. Space Quest... King's Quest has a more serious tone it's far from serious but it's definitely more serious than space quest which is full out sci-fi parody content right they're making fun of anything sci-fi and throwing in their own little jokes here and there um and you play as roger wilco a janitor who just kind of jar jar binks his way through the galaxy <laughs> finding adventure so yep well said um, and once again, just like the King's Quest games, the stories continue and carry on. Um, I actually, if you want to know my honest opinion, I think, uh, Space Quest has the better, like, cliffhanger endings that lead into the next game. Like, I think they do a really good job of that, especially in between two and three, where two, you sort of lock yourself in that sleep chamber or whatever, whatever those things are in Alien that Sigourney Weaver uh, sleeps in with them weird-ass underpants. You know what I'm talking about? Those weird underpants. Yeah. Cryo-sleep chambers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, And then, like, that's how it ends, with you just sort of floating through space. And then three picks up uh, with you landing on a junk planet and shit. And it just continues down that way. And they all have, like, they start to do, like, funny names and stuff. Um like the first one is Space Quest, the Saren Encounter, or Sarian Encounter. I'm not sure. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And then the second one is Vohal's Revenge. Vohal is like the big bad guy from Space Quest. Um, but just like I said, I think King's Quest Three is the best example of like those text, like where you enter the text style of adventure games. I think Space Quest Three is that for Space Quest. It's a really good. Um, and pretty funny. Right. Yes. I don't, I don't know if I had too much experience with the third one. I remember the first two pretty well. In mm -hmm. fact, I remember when we moved from North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, um, we went out and walked around the mall and this was when we would have to buy most PC games and radio shack. Yep. Oh, because, yeah. Because, uh, we didn't, we didn't have like a software store. So we went to the mall and we looked in the radio shack and I remember seeing space quest Two on the shelf there like vividly in my mind seeing it and being like oh, dad look we have to get it and of course we didn't get it so had to wait a few weeks to get it but man i i still remember how excited i was seeing that on the shelf the space the Hall's revenge the space quest 2 box image is burned into my brain with those insurance salesmen in the capsules you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. floating mm -hmm. through space i just like that is such a strong image i couldn't tell you what the fuck the space quest one box looks like because i had it bootlegged yeah. 
Same. Um, and then, um, like, what's in, pretty impressive, right, is the level of humor that these dudes are able to um, maintain throughout the whole series. There's definitely weaker and stronger um, entries in the series like, you know, there would be with anything else. But through Space Quest Six, I feel are at least pretty solid. Like, if you... If you wanted to play the King's Quest series, I might be like, eh, don't bother with two. Or you you might be able to skip five. But I think all the ones in the Space Quest series are pretty good. In terms of humor, I'd say definitely. I think, and like you were saying before, there's there's a consistent story and each one leads into the next. But I think six might be the weakest just because it, it's kind of out of nowhere because it doesn't pick up where the established story left off. Right. They they do this weird opening and 6 is really nice looking. It's it's once again when they were doing more of a like a cell animation style mm. of um game. It's a really nice looking game. I think it looks even better than King's Quest 7. Um but yeah, there's an opening cinematic that starts off King's Quest or Space Quest 6 where they kind of retcon or purposely ignore the end of five because like in five you become the captain right you're a captain of like a space garbage truck yeah yeah uh and then right like the very opening of six it's him getting demoted and sent to a space station that's like a um a parody of the space station from deep space nine which i think was called Mm -hmm. deep space nine um (laughs) and being a janitor again but despite that, it's it's pretty good. I think, and but and four, I think is brilliant. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite one. Favorite one because it's all about time travel, and you go back to one, mm-hmm. like forward to I think what is it nine and twelve. Mm-hmm. Yep, you go way in the future to future Space Quest games, and it's never like, oh, you're in the year such and such. It's you're in Space right. Quest Nine. it's fantastic yeah it's really good um and like there's there's a bunch of they do a really good job with the time travel i thought which is tough to pull off in general um five i really really like five the one where it it starts off with you as a uh cadet in captain school or whatever um and you like the copy protection on that one is cheating off of a test. Yes. In the opening minutes, you're like taking a, a test in school and you have to like look over at uh, the person next to you's paper. Um, but I really like five. I think five's really funny and is one of the stronger sort of sets of puzzles in a King's Quest game, if that makes sense. But it's it. You can't play it on modern computers, or at least the version. Cause I got a I got a um a collection off of Steam, and there's one part where you have to rescue a crew member who's stranded in space, and it just moves too quick. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, bummer. I think um, the early King's Quest kind of had that problem, like when they tried to bring them forward, like. Right. You would just move and you would instantly fly over like five or six screens or something like that. It was just yeah, <laughs> too and fast. They that's why in some of those later releases they did put like a speed setting in there where you could change the speed. Yeah. Um but yeah, they did um 
uh, six mainline entry games. They were working on um, a seventh game. There was a seventh game that I remember, because another thing, when you hit the like CD-ROM era of Sierra games, there would always be trailers for other games that Sierra was going to be releasing. So I remember I got Phantasmagoria 2. Watch out now. There's boobies in that one. And one of the the trailers on there was for Space Quest 7. The Returned and Roman Numerals was the name of the game. <laughs> um, and that game never came out. It got canceled. Uh, and then there have been attempts where other people tried to um, get the license and make uh, new games, and one's never come out. In fact, the guys who um, developed these, they they went by the, the two guys from Andromeda. They reformed a few years ago and kick-started a like, spiritual successor to Space Quest called Space Venture that... Uh, People are not real happy about because it's still not out. It's one of those Kickstarter video games that kind of seems like it may never come out. Um, yeah. I hope it does. And when it does, I'm going to buy it because I want to check it out. But does it, I'm glad yeah. I didn't back it on Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. yeah. If it would eventually come out. Mm-hmm. I find myself wistful for the, all the later games because I didn't play any of them. My my experience with these games is limited to like the early stuff. Uh-huh. By the time the later stuff was coming out, I was a little more into console, like Super Nintendo-esque stuff with my right. buddies at the time. Right. So I missed out on all the later stuff. I would I wouldn't mind going back and playing through them at some point if they're if they're still available. But Buddy, also it, the, Steam the early deck. stuff is just right. True. But it's also fun to pull up like somebody's playthrough on the early stuff on YouTube and just mm-hmm. watch yeah. watch a playthrough, which takes like forty minutes. You know, pretty neat. Yeah. Um. So that's Space Quest, and uh, it. Th- I love this series of games. This is another one that, like, when I was a kid, I think throughout like the actual releases, we got two from my uncle, three and. Four, I think would have been the last one and then I didn't get space, any space quest for a while because it got to the point where it couldn't run on the, the old Tandy so once we yeah. got a computer that had a CD-ROM drive that's when I picked up those collections that just had all the games in them and I got caught up space quest also I I... Um, not to run all over you but has a massive dedicated fan game community i don't know if you guys knew about that you no, mean I like didn't. people have made other games based on the space quest universe yes exactly um it's uh so there's just as just some of them uh space quest zero replicated that's a prequel to space quest one space quest the lost chapter which is set between the second and third games Space, Space Quest 4.5, Roger Wilco and the Voyage Home. Space Quest, Vohal Strikes Back. That's, that's set one. Uh, that's set after six, I guess. Like, people be cranking out these fan Space Quest games. I want to check some <laughs> of those out. Heck yeah. I just think I have the best memories of Space Quest because uh, 
this was the one where me and my mom and my father would sit around the computer and try to figure out together mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. more so than than it was with king's quest I, I think they were more interested in space quest as well so um you know i did the police quest stuff ma mainly on my own which i assume is the next one we're going to talk about but just in terms of nostalgia space quest trumps all these other games for me right yeah i totally see that i totally i think space space quest is probably my favorite of them all too franchise wise i love king's quest quite a bit but i think space quest might be the best of them especially in terms of consistency and like pretty fun to play entries in there like i even i think the worst king's quest game is or uh space quest game shit this gets confusing uh the, <laughs> the worst one of those is still pretty fun to play right mm -hmm. yeah. and then we get to the one that uh whew, police quest police quest another franchise that they started that went through several um several iterations and and didn't have so like the king's quest games were always by ken and roberta williams the space quest games were always by uh the two guys from andromeda the space quest or the king's quest games switched up their sort of like creative lead um with the first three in the franchise being done by this game guy name as uh jim walls and they are exactly what they fucking sound like they're an adventure game where you're a fucking police officer. The first one's called <laughs> in the cop. yeah, you're a cop in the pursuit of the death angel, and like Not the angel, that's right. There's when you play a, a police quest game, it's immediately apparent that this is like a more, it's it's like uh, it's more quote unquote mature, not only in its storytelling but also in its mechanics and what they expect you to do to be able to co to like complete the game. Because, like, the game starts, you're, like, you know, a beat cop. <clears throat> and um, you go to, like, your your morning briefing, and then you got to go out and do police shit. And if you yep. don't walk a full circle around your police car <laughs> and check you're it out... You're going to blow a tire and die. You die! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah if, you don't, if you don't do the, the a traffic stop mm -hmm. strictly by the book, the guy you stop is going to shoot you in the face and kill you. Yep. <laughs> If you're bringing the guy into the jail and you don't lock your weapon up yes. first, he will take oh your gun from you. Yep. It's a hostage situation. And I loved those games, honestly. There's my second favorite series. I think um I think one and two, from what I remember I played one and two the most. Um I think I've played three. This is this is the franchise besides Leisure Suit Larry that I've played the least of. Um of the actual entries in them. I've played all the King's Quest, all the Space Quests. I know for a fact I played one and two. I might have played three. If I did, I don't remember much about it. But man, one and two, I personally like two the best. And two is like, it is, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like uh, if, uh, what's that fucking show on HBO about the cops, Steve? wire no uh, the no the one with that was about like ooh the creepy serial killer that didn't go anywhere oh, you know, oh true detective true detective is like a pg-13 true detective so like you're the uh you're the same guy from the first game but because 
you uh, caught the the death angel, the serial killer at the end of the game. You've been promoted to homicide. So now instead of being like a, a beat cop, your dude's walking around in like a cool black leather jacket and he's wearing jeans and shit. Um, I really like that game though. Like I, I distinctly remember there's a part where you have to scuba dive to the bottom of a lake to try to find some evidence, maybe even a body. And uh, the, the little trick there is if you don't check the oxygen tank that you're about to scuba dive with to see which one has the most, you drowned and die. <laughs> it's over. Those games just love procedure, man. They do. That's how they got you. Like, I remember, do you guys remember in, in King's... Uh, fuck me, man. <laughs> police Quest. <laughs> in Police Quest 2, there is a, a part where you're going to... I think you might be chasing down a suspect who you think is holed up in this uh, this hotel room. And there's about 50 different ways you can die going into that hotel room, right? Like you have to, because the thing is, is it's, it's booby trapped and there's a shotgun. So it's sort of like, so you can just walk up and kick open the door and you get blasted with a shotgun. You can you know, do all these other steps. You have to get so many, and it's all procedure. You got to make sure you're in the right formation and all this shit. It was so fucking frustrating as a kid though. I was like, why can't I figure this out? I keep getting killed. But yeah, all about procedure. These Kings. Are, yeah. Fuck me. Police quest game. <laughs> the quest, the, the cop, just say the cop one. The, the cop Did one. You, <laughs> do you ever play the fourth one? No, open season. I think it was the fourth one. So after that, what was it? Jim Walls. Uh huh. He left. They brought. So this was in like ninety two or ninety three. They brought in one of the police officers who was involved with the whole Rodney King thing. Are you fucking kidding? Mm. What? No. And and it was so he was like someone in L A. and. It was not one of these, like, you know, move around with a mouse. It was all, like, photo backgrounds. And I don't think it was, like, full motion video. Uh -huh. But it was, like, pictures, like, real pictures of people and their poses would move, would change. And it was you're trying to hunt down this, like, um, what's his name from the Silence of the Lambs type serial killer. Like Hannibal Lecter. No, the other guy. Oh, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, like a buffalo a great, type great fat person. But it was like just even as like I was so I was like, you know, I don't remember like 13, 14 at the time. Like the writing was so bad. Oh. And like police are great and everyone out there, you know, killers are, you know, everyone's a criminal and, you know, suspects of color are the, you know, the ones you got to be the the most concerned about. This was what the game was portraying. Jeez. I'm like, this is just so bad. Wow. Yeah. No. I definitely didn't get that far into that one. I think I, I definitely played the first two. And was the third one where the Death Angel returns? Or am I crazy? It's called like, Police Quest the Three, The Kindred. Okay. No. Okay. I thought, this is this has a drug cartel in it. That three has gotcha. something to do with a bug. I think two is the return of the damn Death Angel. Death Death. Maybe so. Death Maybe Angel. So. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah. The first two. There you go. Um, now, and then... it, didn't, 
Did this lead to that game series SWAT? It absolutely did. The yeah. first, that's what I was going to bring up, the first entry in the SWAT series, which would then go on for several games, was called Police Quest SWAT. Um, and that I had that. I got that game. I was like, ooh, reboot time? Let's get in. And yeah. Not great. No, I, I and I tried with that one, too. Mm-hmm. I remember giving that one more than its fair share of time on my pc and i just could not could not make that one work for me no it's and it is the at least the first one is a full motion video game where like and you're you you have to train as a swat guy and and you know follow procedure and shit was never my thing i tried it because i got it it was not great um and then that series went on for quite a while afterwards, and I never played any of those either. I gave the first one a try, and I was like, not for me. Um, yeah, no, same. But yeah, they have... So they went through uh, all the way to SWAT 4 uh, in uh, in that series, and then they even had like mobile PSP and console spinoffs. So they've definitely... That series, I guess, sort of went on longer than the mainline Police Quest series, but those SWAT games do not have much in common. At this point, it seems like they kind of just slapped the name on there. To me, it felt like they were kind of doing some of that Tom Clancy stuff before that was kind of a thing. You know what I mean? That's Mm kind of what SWAT felt kind of like Ghost Recon-y in a way in in times as well. I don't know. So Definitely um, nothing like Police Quest. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't have a ton of Leisure Suit Larry experience. I've maybe played some of two of them. I don't know that I've ever beaten a Leisure Suit Larry. Um, so you guys are going to have to fill me in on, on what that whole deal. I haven't do- gotten a lot of Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry experience. I've only played... Th- th- these were games I played on bootlegs, and I don't even remember which ones they were. Yeah. So L- Leisure Suit Larry, how would you explain it, Steve? Like, to just... So yeah. it's just like supposedly like a, a grown-up version of these games that's more ribald mm-hmm. and about sex and but it's it's more like it's more body than like explicit if that makes sense there is a there is like a sex scene but you don't see anything it's just like the censored mm-hmm. it's censored with the word censored and the word censored is kind of moving up and down yeah. you know so it's like it's a little cheeky, you know, it's like we're being funny. But like you had to like go buy condoms at the fucking store and shit like that. I think it was it, all right, that that's about as much as I can remember. Yeah. Just kind of like Yeah, know, so you play like funny. Yeah, it's it's another humor based game. Um this one was created by a guy named Al Lowe. Um and yeah, it's it's the quote unquote adult uh, franchise out of the Sierra games. And, um, you know, like it's where, where every like joke is like a thinly veiled dick or butt joke. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Double entendres, um, yep, full of them. And, and you know, what's, but, you know, sitting here talking about it, it is the, the one out of all these that has still been having games come out as recently as 2020. Right. So, the original um, Sierra run of games is seven games long. Leisure Suit Larry in the Lo- Land of the Lounge Lizard. 
Leisure Suit Larry goes looking for love in several wrong places. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry 3, Passionate Patty in the Pursuit of the Pulsating Pectorals. Leisure Suit Larry 5, Passionate Patty does a little undercover work. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry 6, Shape Up or Slip Out. And then Leisure Suit Larry 7, Love for Sale. I played the first one and the last one. I didn't bother with the middle entries. I watched The Phantom Menace and I watched The Rise of Skywalker (laughs) and I got it. (laughs) And then... It's it's weird that 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 guy, though, was like their most successful mascot of all of all those games you yeah know? and <laughs> so then and okay and then 2004 so eight years after sierra's last game we get leisure suit larry magna cum laude <clears throat> 2009 leisure suit larry box office bust 2018 leisure suit larry wet dreams don't dry and then 2020 leisure suit larry wet dreams dry twice apparently those came out on the xbox one how have i never been fucking scrolling the xbox store and seeing a leisure suit larry game for sale (laughs) are they sure about that did that really come out on that um so yeah crazy to me that out of all these franchises somehow larry is still kicking around in some form or fashion yeah pretty wild honestly um okay so we we got them taken care of there were some other uh i guess you would call them one or two off sierra games i wanted to talk about because sierra you know their adventure game business was so uh successful that they started acquiring other companies publishing games for other people little known fact sierra published half-life they were the original publishers of the first half-life game um they also published those homeworld games which were like uh space rts's with spaceships and stuff that were pretty cool uh i enjoyed those you don't know jack a sierra published thing that's still around star siege pretty successful star siege was kind of like their take on battle tech or something like that a mech simulator game and then that spin, uh, spun off a series of first-person shooters called Tribes, which were oh. early online multiplayer games that I used to mess around yeah. with a little bit. And they were pretty fun. I messed around with a little bit of Tribes. Very um, little bit. Also, Quest for Glory. Quest for Glory might be my second favorite series of Sierra games. They are a mix between an act, uh, adventure game and uh uh rpg right and the when it was first released uh the name of that series was hero quest heroes quest and mattel or whoever made that fucking badass heroes quest board game was like uh-uh no <laughs> no 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 you're gonna change that so they changed it to quest for glory i think there were five games in that series and the coolest thing about it was Obviously, just like their other games, the stories continued on, but your character continued on. You could load the save from the previous game and bring your character from one to two to two to three, so on and so forth. And it was really cool. Um, 
I don't know if you guys ever played any Quest for Glory games. I never did. Yeah, I, no, never, I, I never played any. What I about, never did, but that sounds like a cool feature. What about you, King Tom? Is there anything that jumps out to you like that aren't the big franchises from Sierra Games? So there's there a was, ton. And there was a really cool game called Thexter. I remember that. And you were like, this was like mid, mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a PC game, and you were a robot. It was like you were like Jetfire mm-hmm. from the Transformers. You were a robot that could transform into an airplane. You had to go through these dungeons. And I never did, you know, I I borrowed it from a friend a bunch of times. I never did well in it. It was hard. You know, it got harder to play. But it was just a really, at, at the time, a really cool game. And I remember feeling like there weren't, eventually there were other games like this on, on the Nintendo. But at the time there were in other games like it i gotcha um uh, there was also a series called and i only played I, th- I think i might have played two of these i don't know if there are more but the laura bow adventure game she was a detective yes. yep yeah they did a couple of other like we hit the big ones but La- laura bow those games were pretty good <laughs> and the yeah. gabriel knight games weren't half bad either yeah um uh, I don't, yeah, The Beast Within, A Gabriel Knight Mystery. Sheesh, that's the second one. Um, it, I got to bring up one that was huge for me because um, it's the first Sierra game I ever got when I had like a computer that was my computer, right? For the longest time, I'm just playing these games on the the family computer out in the, the living room, right? The first computer I ever had that was mine the very first game I ever got was Roberta Williams's Phantasmagoria, which was the horror game that she did. That is real bad. It is <laughs> real bad. So it's all full motion video. They were kind of ahead of their time in a way because they shot the whole thing on like green screen and shit. Um, and I remember like one of the selling points of this fucking game was that it came on seven CDs on seven CD ROMs. Um, and it, and it's basically like an interactive movie. It's still, you know, an adventure game. You still, you know, move room to room, but like it is and the acting is real bad. The special effects are real bad. It, uh, did not live up to the hype that I had in my head. Um, and then they did a sequel to that because I don't learn lessons. I also played that phantasmagoria, a puzzle of flesh and bro. It's weird. <laughs> it is real weird to the fact where they banned that game in several European countries. Um, really? Yeah, it's real weird. It has got full-on, full-frontal nudity in it, and that game came out when I was 13. Jackpot, baby. Jackpot. <laughs> I'm making a quick save. Making a quick save. Go Loading this right back up. Shoo! Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. That, I mean, there's a ton, but I'm trying to think if there's any big ones. I remember them doing a lot of, like, uh, army 
simulators where like you would buy like a World War II game from them and you would have armies on either side like not necessarily an RTS <clears throat> Return I don't know Conquer. that I ever played them but I was it the, like something empires Mhm mhm I know what you're talking about I can't remember it either They also put out uh, like Austin Powers uh licensed games and NASCAR games sort of in the the process of their downfall because eventually uh Ken and Roberta Williams sold uh Sierra off they got out of it they sold it off and then all kinds it, of stuff came out it was so a few years ago Ken wrote a book and mm -hmm. basically told his side of what happened and they had gotten it into some partnerships with this company. It was like this major company over in Europe. And the company, no one could figure out what it did. Huh. It owned brand names. But like, they, they just owned the licenses on these names. And the way that the company had all these plans for growth, basically. Mm -hmm. the, the guy who owned it was a con man. Oh. It sounds like a shell company. It was a shell company, and he's like, well, we're going to we're gonna grow by, A, buying companies, and then he, he threw out, like, a button, doing these creative synergies to maximize blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, like, basically he's talking about, like, technology that didn't exist and this and that. And they got into some business deal with the guy without knowing how shady it was. It was at that point, like legally for some reason they had to sell. Huh? And so like he held, Ken like held a, held a seat at Sierra or something like that. He had to, because otherwise they would have taken the whole company apart. And then parent company went bankrupt and like sold it to Activision and Ken just couldn't do anything about it. And then Activision came in, fired all the Sierra employees and it was just like a nightmare. And wow. he like really felt bad because, you know, he, he and, and Roberta were fine. Um, but they had these people who had worked for them for a long time. Yeah. That was, you know, their life's plan just to keep working there. Because it felt like it was a big family company. Right. So another thing that I want to bring up is Sierra is uh, responsible for my obsession with MMOs. The very first. Really? Yep. The very first MMO I ever played. And it is still going to this day, probably with like 20 people logged in playing at once, <laughs> if you're lucky. It's called The Realm Online. I got into the beta for that game back before I even knew what the fuck a beta was because uh, when we got internet service for the first time, I would go to the Sierra website and you could look at like upcoming games and stuff. And they had, um, they had uh, a thing you could click and download the realm online, the beta version. And it was weird. I like, I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, is this just like a, graphical chat room where you can make like your own little medieval looking avatar and then slowly but surely they started adding enemies you could fight and shops and stuff and it just sort of slowly grew until they did their uh their actual release i played this game for years the realm the realm online you can like i said it's still going today 
The website is realmserver.com. And obviously after Sierra shut down, somebody bought the rights to the realm. It's been passed around a few times. But yeah, it's still going. And it's the first MMO I ever played. Way before Ultima Online, Meridian 59, way, way before EverQuest or World of Warcraft. So thanks, Sierra. Ken and Roberta. Thanks Introducing for... you to that level of dopamine early in your life. Holy shit. I'm on their website and you can see how many live people are playing online now. 159. Where the fucking go, Realm? Fuck yeah, dude. That's what we should all get into. We should all get into the Realm online. Get the get the get the blue harvest and high potion army to just invade. That's what I. That's exactly over. what I was gonna say. Is we could get the we could combine the blue harvest and high potion army, and literally take over that game and cause chaos. <laughs> We're gonna talk about this well, off they, air, fellas. <laughs> they had um, as a, they kind of started their their own online system mm -hmm. in the early nineties. Um, and it had like a lot, it was very graphical heavy and, and I, I never used it. I just remember seeing, you know, screenshots of it in, in game magazines. Uh, and, and I don't know how well it worked on, you know, 96 K bond modems, mm -hmm. but the whole idea was you play games. I think there were a bunch of card games, yep. some, um, yep. flight simulator, uh, dual type games. Um, it's called the Sierra Network, and it, and it was around for a few years. And I, I always wondered how that worked and if it was any good. Let me tell you, as someone who played a fair amount of spades, the card game spades, on Sierra Network, huh. it worked all right. It worked okay. all right. I definitely did some of that. Well, Tom, buddy, thanks so, so much for coming by and talking about some Sierra games for us. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell yeah, I'm everybody? I'm so excited. I got to uh, I got to finally talk to King Tom. In I know, person. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is the first time I've, I've been on with Steve for anything. That's right. So, uh, Tom, buddy, tell everybody where they can find you. Anything you want to plug? Twitter, whatever. Tell, tell them all your stuff. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Tom Chansky. Uh, every week, I'm on the Sith list, and then I also do Patreon shows for um, Steel Wars with Hawes Blue Harvest and then with um the uh Star Wars Internet's big game hunter Luke Cruiser for the bad motivators. Uh, I, oh the bad the bad motivators? The, oh man, those guys. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have something you wanted to say, Will uh, Steve? Didn't you have I think we I like I it, oh, I don't yeah. I don't yeah, want to I did actually. Yeah. We we bury put bury this at the end so we know he won't hear it anyway. Yeah. But like he uh he, Eric sent me, uh, Eric Strothers of the Bad Motivators sends me texts every now and again, and he sent me a text about this um, performance he had had recently where I guess it was his one of the pastors at his church's 60th birthday. And uh -huh. They were doing this song with this, this guy, and I'd never heard of this band, but they were apparently a big deal around where he lived. And uh, they were doing the song. The song was really rad. Eric's ripping solos, and the song's over, and the guy who's there is like basically like kind of a celebrity and eric gets on the mic and he's like you know i just want to thank this guy for doing it man i called and asked him and he said hell no but well he didn't say hell no because it's church he just said no but when i asked him about if it was for the pastor's 60th birthday and he said he would definitely do it and then the next thing you know there's like lettuce tomatoes and pickles flying at this dude's head he just glizzied the guy right are you fucking kidding me on stage 
Yeah, man. Like, there's so much stuff on a Chicago dog. It's hard to tell. But bro, shit went everywhere. Did he just have have one in the link? Did he just have one in his back pocket ready to to glizzy slap this old man who did him a favor? It's kind of like it's getting to be like a WWF gimmick at this point. Yeah. And next time Eric walks into the the ring, somebody's going to toss him two glizzies, two Chicago glizzies, and go hold (laughs) him. Yep. Hold him by the the bun above his head, and the glizzies are just going to (laughs) slowly slide out onto his face. (laughs) And he's going to have a shirt on it that says Glizzy 316. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, guys. So leave us a review on iTunes, please. I ask you guys very nicely. We give stuff away. Follow the podcast on Twitter at High Potion Pod. Follow Steve at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Email us. What was your favorite Sierra game? We'd love to know. HighPotionPod at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.